Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects. Check us out at westminstereffects.com. I'm here with... I'm Bradley Cox, lead pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. As well as... This is John Ross, Westminster Effects... Every time. <laughs> you just need a script. That's what I resort to. I, you know, I tried to write it down once. This is John Ross, Westminster Effects artist and church nerd extraordinaire from Lake in Nebraska. Oh, it changed up again. My goodness. And we are all round earth. We all do believe in the round earth. We are all round earth. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I threw Bradley under the bus last week for our topic, so I will throw myself under the bus this week. Uh, The Reckless Love episode is still our most popular episode, even though that was, what, our third, second or third one ever. Uh, So... We figured, hey, let's pick another song that people like to argue and bicker about and see if we like it or not. And so I said, hey, let's talk about what a beautiful name it is, since people like to argue about it. (laughs) So if you fellows are down, let's just plow through the lyrics and see what we can come up with. Shall we? Sounds good. So first verse, you were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ. What do we got? Anything? Uh, right on the money as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yeah, same uh, here. I mean, the first line, I mean, that's John 1. I mean, it's, John yeah. 1, that's what, yeah. Straight, I mean, that's straight up John 1, really. For sure. <laughs> I mean, one with God, the Lord most high. I mean, that's a relationship between father and son. I mean, it's... It's, uh, it's all there. Yeah. And I think your, hit, your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ. I think of Romans 1, as Paul begins his, um, you know, his manifesto. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he starts with, you know, men are without excuse because the things that are plain about God are revealed in Scripture. Um, and, I mean, are revealed in creation, excuse me. And what we now know is that that hidden glory is revealed in Christ. Um, so, yeah, I think that's right on the money. Yeah, I think of uh, Hebrews 1 in yep. the now revealed mm-hmm. in you are Christ as long ago in many different ways God spoke, spoke. to us through the prophets and now yep. in these latter days. Through yep. Jesus. Yeah. In these latter days, yep. yep. So that goes into the chorus which has, you know, a couple different variations through throughout the song of what a beautiful name it is, and it repeats that line. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. So nothing really, uh, you're not going to derive like a PhD thesis out of that. Uh, but it's all true. For yeah, sure. I think, I think, you know, again, um, there is no other name. Um given among men by which we must be saved. Yeah. Um, it is a distinct name. And I think, you know, all the verses kind of unpack that. Um, I mean, all the, co- all the versions of the chorus unpack that. So mm-hmm. what a beautiful name, what a wonderful name, what a powerful name. I know yep. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that, that refrain is right. It's biblical. It's rooted. Um, so, Yeah. You got anything there, John? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, I, I think the one thing in, in the chorus, if you want to expand on it a little more, I mean, you think of uh, the name of Christ, 
you think of the word of God, nothing compares to the word. What a beautiful word it is. You know, if we understand that the person of Christ is the word of God, that's a, that's a beautiful way to view the chorus yeah. as yeah. well. And, uh, and actually, uh, in the sense of congregational singing, makes it more applicable uh, to uh, even a, a more diverse range of sermon themes or however your church chooses to, to pair music and, and preaching that way. Uh, but yeah, spitting the I, truth I, out of Hillsong. I, I like <laughs> what you said there, John, like, you know, equating the name of Jesus with the word of God. Mm. and that That's what makes it beautiful and wonderful and powerful. I mean, because the, the name Jesus itself is so common. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the yeah. equivalent of Josh in our For sure. Our did, culture. Do you, and did you notice that through the entire song, it's Jesus Christ. It's his, it's his title yeah. and his name together is yeah. yeah. one through the entire thing. And, and to go back to the word piece, that's how the song starts. I mean, right. that, the that, word in the, that's right. that sets the expectation. It's like, okay, we're not talking just about the person of Jesus. We're talking about his role in the Godhead as well. I mean, that's, that's pretty sweet. It's like they planned it. And they I know. Weren't, they weren't reckless. <laughs> but you know, like, l- l- let me insert this right here too. You know what we're doing right now, and and I hope people who listen to this podcast and to the Reckless Love podcast understand this is that our none of our hearts is to just you know nitpick songs and yeah. and, and yeah. be critical, but just like the excitement that we three of us feel right now is looking at the lyrics of a song like this and rooting them in scripture and the truth is it's powerful it's it's it changes the way you think and mm-hmm. feel when you sing these songs when you're gathered uh with the people of god and, and this is a great exercise to do with your worship teams is you know set aside some practice time to just sit down and go okay what are we singing about right here where can we root it this is exciting and this For is sure. where this is where in verse two, uh, and we'll come back to this, mm-hmm. like we like we said in the pre-show. So we do plan a little bit. We mm-hmm. aren't totally winging this, just right. for the record. <laughs> right. Um, so we get into the the controversial line of you didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. Uh, so we'll just come back to that part. Okay. My sin was great. Your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. Mm. Uh, I think Romans 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sure, always certainly. think Romans 8, though, uh, just because I'm a dork for it. Um, I'm, I'm right there with Piper. I think it's the best chapter in the Bible. <laughs> John, we're... Uh, <laughs> to the point that you wrote it on the floor of your church. Oh, yeah. you knew about it, John. Yeah. I don't know if you knew about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I threw it on Instagram because what, right, what good does reading your Bible or writing out parts of the Bible do if you don't post it on Instagram, preferably with a cup of coffee beside it? Right. So for those that are listening and don't haven't looked at Cody's Instagram, we wrote scripture on the floor of our church sanctuary before the new carpet goes in. And Cody, on his spot, on the stage, wrote the entire chapter of Romans 8. You can't really read it, but, <laughs> but I wrote it. It's there. It looks like a medieval rubbing, like that scene from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, like the night shield. Yeah, it's all just scrawled out, barely legible on a piece of or even, uh Or even that scene in Monty Python with the inscription about the castle. Uh, oh, yes. 
anyway, <laughs> uh, now that we've gotten a Monty Python reference, then my sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? Any takers? <laughs> I, I agree with you, Romans eight. I mean, um, you know, and I, I was having a dialogue with um, one of my life group leaders today uh, over email, just about you know about justification, um, and I know that. You know, it's Romans 8 to, to, to talk about, you know, start with there's no condemnation and then to end with what can separate us from the right. love of God. It's right. God who justifies. Who mm. is it to condemn? My sin was great. My disobedience was great, but it was overcome by the obedience of Christ. I'm, I'm fully dependent on his obedience to stand on the promise that nothing will separate me from his love because his love for me is not based on me. Um, and that's, that's, yeah, that's powerful. You know, it, it reminds me, sorry if you were about to say something, John. No, I'm good. Um, <laughs> but, dadgummit, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do an on-the-fly Dad Google search, it, and Mike. I'm getting Facebook you, notifications. Larry the Cable Guy? <laughs> yeah. Look, man. I live in the South. <laughs> He's from Nebraska. Did you know that? Where are the cable guys from Omaha? I knew that. Yeah. Well, bless his heart. And bless my heart because <laughs> Chrome isn't working on my phone. So, What anyway, are you trying to look up? Uh, I'm trying to look up the verse where Jesus talks about nobody can pluck anybody out of out of his father's hand. That's that's in John. Right, um, I knew John. I can't remember the, the chapter and verse. It's, it starts with, my sheep know my voice. Yes. Is that uh, John 10 or John 6? Uh, I think it's 6. My sh- No, John 10, you're right. So my sheep know my voice. Um, where's the ESV? We don't want to be like totally heretical and read the NIV, do we? <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as we're not in the message or the passion, we're okay. So John ten twenty seven, my sheep know my voice, um, and they follow me because I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Sure. Because my Father has given them to me. Yep. And no one will take them out of my hand. Mm. Um, which is, you know, again, it it this is not a discussion about the love of God. That might be a good podcast at some point, but the the. The love of God for his people, rooted in his own glory and established uh, through the perfect sacrifice of Christ, you know, is, 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 is what gives rise to our confidence that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I, his, his love for us being that strong and sure is not because we're that awesome. It's because Christ is that awesome, um, and his, it, because he's that awesome, he was, he was able to overcome the sin that separated us, so therefore we know that nothing can separate us now. Right, and I think it's important to note uh, nothing, uh, no one will snatch them out of my hand, and I think that includes ourselves. Uh, I've, I've heard people yeah. say, oh, well, that doesn't mean you can't jump. Uh, which is <laughs> it's just so nonsensical to me, um, but especially in the fact that if you are one of God's sheep, you know his voice and you will follow him. Mm-hmm. And Jesus had just gotten done chastising the Pharisees uh, 
literally the verse before, you don't believe because you're not among my sheep. Uh, where if you're a sheep, you're going to follow. Yep, that's right. Yep. <laughs> I have nothing to add. Uh, it's, it's, it may, good. It, it's good. It, it does bring up a line from, you know, Matt Chandler's God is for God sermon, you know, which it, it, we... I am every, totally okay with every time we can yeah. refer, every, every time podcast. we can ref, reference that it's a good thing. You're but not David when he's quoting from, you know, Psalm 23. You know, uh, he, he gets to the part where he says he makes me lie down in green pastures. Yeah, and he says, you know, you'll bow or you'll bow. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that. There, there, there is, and, and that's the right way to think about salvation is that there is an overthrow of yeah. our of our hearts, an overthrow of our wills um, that. You know, we we don't have to get into you know the entirety of the Romans uh, dissertation where you know that does raise questions. Well, should we just keep on sinning since uh, grace so that grace can abound all the more? We know that's you know that's a ridiculous notion, but mm-hmm. it, there is a right way to think about the fact that nothing separates us from the love of God, and not even ourselves. I agree with you. I mean, even look at the Old Testament with with Jacob to the point that he was named the one who struggles with God and mm-hmm. who wrestles with God. I mean, the, the fact that, that we are gods and he has a hold of us um, at the, you know, to his glory, according to his will, doesn't mean that we can't struggle, you know? Right. And, you know, just because we have emotional weight or have made uh, bad decisions um, doesn't mean we're outside of the canopy of grace, you know, God right, still remain right, right. still maintains that hold on us, um, mm-hmm. because as uh, Hillsong so pointedly reminds us, my sin was great, but His love is greater. Yeah, how about that? How so about get, that? You get into what a wonderful name it is. I guess we won't uh, really go over anything more with the chorus, since it's more of the same, except wonderful instead of beautiful. So we get into the bridge, which I quite oh, enjoy here. I love it. Yeah, death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. Mm. Do we want to just do those two lines, or do we want to do the next two as well? Because there's let's, a lot there. Yeah, let's let's split there. them up. So I'm gonna, Cody. I know you love the bridge, but I'm gonna take this first part because sure, the, Im- the imagery of the veil is yeah. lights me up every single time. So for those yep. of you out there listening who who aren't aware what this is alluding to, and it's not just a, a lyric from the song. It's uh, it's a uh, alluding to what happened at the time that Jesus gave up his spirit and cried out, it is finished. In the Old Testament temple, there was a curtain that separated the, and Bradley, you, you might be able to fill me in on the actual names of these places. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the, uh, this curtain separated everyone else from an area called the Holy of Holies, which is where God was, and the high priest was able to go into that uh, like once per year to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. Um, yep. when Christ cried out, it is finished, uh, on the cross, that, that curtain or, uh, tore in two and split, mm-hmm. uh, illustrating that we now have, um, mm-hmm. a restored relationship with the father and that Christ has become that mediator between God and man. Uh, I like, I just like, I get chill. Like right now I, j- I legitimately got chills. <laughs> Certain, Speaking certain very of, monotone uh, about you know about that because it is an amazing amazing thing not only that happened but an amazing picture uh, to consider that for years 
years and years and years there was this barrier between uh, God and man, the burden of the law upon his people. And when Christ gave up his life, torn right there. Which makes me think. Come to me, all ye who are weary, and I shall give you rest. Yeah. Hebrews, you know, let's come to the throne boldly. Let's come boldly to the throne, which is, is, stands in stark contrast to the way that the priest, the only the high priest could go into that holy of holies place. And they, they would actually uh, affix little bells to the end of the priest's garment that would jingle, and they would tie a rope around the, the priest's ankle as he goes into the holy of holies to offer the sacrifice, because if he goes in there unclean, their chances are he's going to drop dead. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, there was a trepidation going into that holy place, and if you know uh, all of the, the the ritual and sacrifice that the priest would go to through to purify himself before he went in once a year, by the way, to offer that sacrifice, and now that ve- that curtain is torn, that veil's torn, and we can come to the throne boldly because of what Christ has done to obtain mercy and find grace is the the way the rest of that scripture goes. That's I agree. I get chills too, John. Mm, you know so that, good. that chill. Certain uh, parties among our charismatic friends would call that a spirit spasm. Ooh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could also be this delicious yeah. fair trade uh, fog cutter coffee that I'm enjoying at the moment as well. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. It does sound yeah. fantastic. Okay, it's next so line. Good. Uh, you silence the boast of sin and grave. Uh, Bradley, this <laughs> this reminds me of uh, that series we did, what, a year and a half ago or so through Colossians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was either chapter 2 or 3 when yep. you specifically talked about that verse about Jesus putting sin and death to open shame. And basically that being... Uh, God dragging those things through the street naked yep, is, the, is the implication of the original language. You want to get into that a little bit? Well, I mean, just, just what you said. I mean, that, the, the picture that's painted um, is that, you know, the, the, the boast of sin and shame and death over man is, is, is rooted or it's, it's based on the rap sheet of our sin death, which, again, according to Colossians, Christ obliterates. He, 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 he completely destroys that rap sheet because of his perfect sacrifice and basically took sin and death. Um, I'm trying to find the specific verse. I'm so terrible at remembering chapter and verse. I know it's in Colossians. Uh, but he, he took that, that boast of sin and death and, and literally the pictures drug him out in the street naked. Uh, and you know, just flip the script completely. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a powerful line. It's a powerful line when you, even if you th- personalize that and think about the the, the debilitating uh, nature of sin, of shame and guilt, uh, when we're confronted with the holiness of God and how debilitating that might be. But then to celebrate. You know, to go from Isaiah's "Woe is me" or John the Revelator falling at Jesus's feet as though he were dead, but then to to move from that place into just complete celebration and bliss that Christ shattered 
that rap sheet and there is no condemnation. There is no, Christ has taken our guilt and our shame. Uh, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame. That's, that's where you get the, the image of being drug out into the street naked, is he put them to open shame by triumph, triumphing over them in him. So that's Colossians 2.15. You good there, John? <laughs> I really like this bridge. I really <laughs> like this bridge. Sorry, at, a little confession. Secret time. Uh, when oh, Bradley, sometimes when you when when you go off, you you, man, it's like a little mini sermon. And I'm so <laughs> glad we do this in the middle of the week because, like, I need a little mini sermon in the middle of the week. Oh, uh, I mean, you're a pastor, so like that's what you do, anyways. But still, um, well, so sometimes, I'm, like, when you're done talking and there's just this awkward silence uh, for all the listeners out there, I'm like processing uh, the word of life that has just fallen upon my heart. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's sweet, John. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I really do. Well, I guess next line on that case, the heavens are roaring the play. The pr- ah, if I could read, the heavens are roaring the praise of your glory for you are raised to life again. And I think immediately of the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of a science dork myself uh, if I couldn't be a dork about enough things in my life. Um, I'm, I'm reading currently, uh, the creator and the cosmos by Hugh Ross, Mm. um, who is an old earth creationist and cards on the table. Yeah. I'm an old earth guy, but if you get, you know, for those of you who will freak out about that, if you have a historical Adam and a historical fall and original sin, I think we're okay. You just cut our listenership. (laughs) Right. I I just cut it in half more than that. More than that. I just, I just ruined our entire podcast, but he uses, um, he uses this analogy, uh, in his, one of his fine tuning chapters where, uh, let's see the mass of electrons in the universe has to be precise to within one part in 10 to the 37. Uh, so a one with 37 zeros after it. Mm. And the analogy he used was something along the lines of you can cover the entire continent of North America in dimes to the moon one million times. And if one of those dimes is missing, then it all falls apart <laughs> in terms of in terms of the actual physics of the universe. Sure. Where, where if you have a little bit too much, then you have too many molecules forming, and if or something of that nature, where it's it's just absolutely mind blowing. You can't even wrap your mind around it. Uh, so you look at the the just insane amount of fine tuning in the universe the the overall mm. expansiveness if you look at the Hubble deep field uh, with where all oh, of those yeah. dots aren't stars they're galaxies with about a hundred billion stars each in them and all of those galaxies are about a hundred thousand light years or so across and all that kind of stuff and mm. it's just like man we are tiny but God For set sure. all of this up in order to glorify himself in the redemption of a particular people right here on this spec. Yeah, that's good. The, the, little, the little word I like uh, to, to think about when I think about that is the word orchestration. Yeah. Orchestration. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything bending to the command and will of God. Uh, on the old earth. 
sure. which is not flat. It, it is not flat. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's got to be flat. <laughs> Sorry to all the listeners. We were talking about flat earth stuff before we started recording. So, anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> undeniable truths of uh, God's physical creation aside, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the peace of the heavens are roaring, praise of your glory. And this is this got to be like the hundred billionth time I've mentioned that. Oh wait, that's a interesting number. Anyways, um, I've mentioned <laughs> that in this podcast, and it's it's back to the Eucharistic prayer and the proper preface um, from from common liturgy, and that's you know together with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven we proclaim in your great and glorious name, evermore praising you and and saying you know that picture of worship. That when we sing, it's not just us singing with those around us. It's not just us singing with those in the church down the street or, or the church in, in England or the church in Australia or China. It's, it's all Christians of all time and all the company of heaven crying out, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, I, it's one of my favorite, favorite images as well. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic line. The so, heavens are roaring with the sound of God's people lifting up uh, um, a song of praise and glorification to God. That's and, and that's legit. I I think that when when the church sings this, um, I, it's 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 right for us to know that we are joining heaven, that we we are joining the throng around the throne, singing holy, singing worthy, mm-hmm. um, and we're joining that song that never stops, it never ceases. You know, this is the song that never ends. Exactly, <laughs> it just goes on and on, my friend. Yeah, and it doesn't go on because they've got it on a screen with repeat nine million seven hundred twenty-two thousand times <laughs> up there. It's there. The, the song is repeated because his glory, his beauty, his holiness is that fresh all the time. Because God is worthy, and there's nothing else that you can possibly do other than cry out with all that you are. That's exactly that Christ right. Is Lord. So this is this is my favorite portion of the song here with the "You have no rival, you have no equal." Now and forever, our God reigns, uh, or God, you reign. However, we sing it. I don't know. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. This is like straight sovereignty. Straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of Isaiah six mm-hmm. uh, for a, a good treatment on that. Just listen to R.C. Sproul because mm-hmm. he likes to talk about Isaiah six a whole lot, mm-hmm. and he does really well. Um, I know we're running short on time, so let's go ahead and get back to that uh, quote-unquote controversial line. For sure. Uh, So you didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. Uh, The first time uh, we played this song in our church, um, that line just, I didn't feel right with Mm. it. Um, And I think a lot of people have that initial reaction where it's just like, eh, it kind of makes God sound a little needy. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really say anything because it, I couldn't make any, I couldn't make any accusations of like outright heresy or false teaching or anything like that. So I was just like, let's see where this goes. And then Bradley, you kind of explained it, and I was just like, oh crap, hmm. maybe I was wrong about that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm sure you remember exactly what you told us at that worship uh, team rehearsal. <laughs> Uh, so just recite that verbatim for us. <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know what, where I, I anchor that is that, you know, there, I, there's a, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but uh, a young mother 
called me uh, a few years ago, and she said she has a, at the time, seven-year-old boy who was asking her questions that she didn't know how to answer. And she said, is it okay if we come and see you because I need some help answering my son's questions? And I said, sure, be glad to meet with you. So they come in, and this little guy sits down in my office with his mom, and I said, okay, his name was Elijah. I said, Elijah, what, what kind of questions have you been asking your mom? And, and he said, well, I just want to know, why did God make everything anyway? And his mom's looking at me like, okay, Bradley, what you got for that? <laughs> and so I, I, I looked at Elijah, and I said, uh, I said Elijah, do you, um, do you think God is awesome? And he said, uh, yeah, I think, I think God is awesome. And I said, well, do you think he's really awesome, or do you think he's just kind of awesome? And he almost starts to get, like, mad and frustrated with me. You know, he says, no, God's really awesome. And, and I finally said, well, Elijah, if God is that awesome, don't you think that it would be such a tragedy if he never made any of us to enjoy him? If, 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 if he never uh, created people, men, women, to savor his beauty and his worth. I think that's why we're on the planet. Why doesn't he want heaven without us? It's not because he needs anything. I just read Psalm 50 with my staff a few minutes ago where God says to Israel, uh, basically, look, I don't need your bulls. I don't need your, I don't need your, the sacrifice, the blood. I don't drink the blood. I don't eat the bulls. If I was hungry, I wouldn't even tell you because I own everything anyway. It's, it's, it, we're not supplying a need for God uh, by being in heaven with him, but we are fulfilling the pur- purpose for which he created us, and that is to bring him glory by being so satisfied and, and um, complete by being in his presence. And no, he doesn't want heaven without us because he wants our joy in him because that is his glory. Um, that, that's how I sing that line. Affirmative. Yep, same here. On that, <laughs> on that second line, and and Brad Lamb, I'm glad that uh, that we had the time for you to share that. Cody and I were chatting last night, and he mentioned uh, that uh, we were chatting about the the time, that, the first time you sang this in church, and uh, and how you explained it to him that. And I was really looking forward to uh, hearing you explain that. So that was pretty mm. cool. Mm. On that uh, on that second line, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. Um, you know. Breaking this song down line by line um, can, or any song, it can seem tiring, but it's so worth it. Uh, especially this song. I mean, you can you can see the scriptural, um, and even, um, uh, the, I mean, you can see the scriptural background uh, for for everything. And, and and in this particular line, Jesus, you brought heaven down. I mean, that's that's the incarnation. I mean, that's Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. That uh, I mean, that is affirming that Christ is Lord, is God, and he brought his deity down. Mm-hmm. True God, true man, at the same time to be with us, to fulfill the, uh, the redemptive work. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I guess uh, we probably ought to get going here. So if you agree, let us know in the comments. If you disagree, also let us know in the comments, and we'll tell you you're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Love it. <laughs> so recommended reading this week, guys. What you got, Bradley? Um, I thought of Forgot God by Francis Chan, um, and the reason I thought about that um, is, you know, Jesus, this, 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 this one that we are singing about, who, I love what you said there, John, at the end about 
the the incarnate the incarnate Word. I mean, um, I, I I love thinking about and relishing in the fact that Jesus was fully God and fully man, and that when He came to Earth, He did not rely on His godness to live a perfect life, to live a sinless life, or do the will of His Father. He actually depended on the Spirit. That's what we. That's, that that is the the overriding theme of the Gospel of Luke is how. Jesus depended on the Spirit, uh, and even you know, in uh, I think it's in Hebrews uh, where it says that Jesus offered Himself by the Spirit. So this Jesus that we're singing about had a vital, dependent relationship on the Holy Spirit, and I think that's something that a lot of Christians sadly have the volume knob turned way down on. And and that's the thrust of Chan's book, Forgotten God, is the importance of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and uh, you know his his anchor point really is that if jesus depended on the spirit so should we um so that's a it's a great book i mean what a what a beautiful picture of um the interaction of the trinity i mean Mm -hmm. right co-equal co-eternal i mean we we can't forget those things even though the athanasian creed you know takes a century to say uh you know it's it's something that we can't that we can't forget so what you got john so I've got an article uh, this week um, to kind of uh, bring in some, some practical advice for our listeners, those of you who uh, are tasked with the responsibility of choosing music uh, in your churches uh, or, or working with a leadership team to that effect. Um, and uh, there was a Facebook post uh, earlier this week uh, where, a, uh, back on the topic of reckless love, that... Uh, uh, a pastor had, had wrapped up a sermon by saying, "God's love is not reckless. I mean, it's it's intentional. It's purposeful. It's it, you know." It's this post was hilarious. And <laughs> and then the poster puts uh, a screenshot of Planning Center underneath. And what's the sermon song? Frickin' reckless love. Oh. <laughs> you know, and and it's it's good for a giggle, but it kind of tight. How, how awkward is that? I though? know. I mean, it's good for a giggle, but if we really look at what needs to be done, I mean. Not only do we need to work with uh, with our pastoral leadership, um, just so we're on the same page um, thematically, theologically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, culturally, but you know we also need to make sure that we uh, that we are intentional about the music that we choose and the music that we that we use to lead our congregation in song. You know, I've I've rattled on around this bit, you know, so many times is that music just isn't a tool for praise. It's also a tool for, for a fancy word called edification or, or teaching. And, yep. and, that, yeah. you know, and that brings me to uh, the article, and it's from uh, renewingworshipnc.org, uh, and it's entitled How to Evaluate Songs for Worship, written by uh, Renewing Worship's founder, Kenny Lamb. Hmm. And it is a, uh, a pretty exhaustive uh, list of, of all the pointers and, uh, and tips that we should be using in our congregations um, from, from a theological standpoint, from a singability standpoint, um, mm. to go and kind of vet out these different songs. Um, if, if there's one thing that our Reckless Love uh, you know, episode uh, discussed uh, and, and you know, various other um, you know, Facebook arguments and things, it's that, that not every song that gets you know, thrown up on K-Love is is good for congregational singing and and so this article takes a look at pieces that are are the, are the lyrics biblical and doctrinally sound are they spiritual and god-centered 
Are they edifying and instructive? Clear and understandable. Um, let's see. Um, are the words specifically Christian? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, especially in the uh, kind of the, the praise and worship resurgence in the 90s. I mean, we saw a lot of that, you know, in the secret and the quiet place. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's scriptural, um, but, you know, I want to know you. You know, I want to see your face. I want to know you more. Is that specifically Christian? What's that, you know, what's that saying? Yeah. Um, you know, it, even evaluating the, the melody and uh, does the song called Bad Associations, you know, does it call into, into thought the Jesus is my boyfriend concept? You know, that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, so fantastic article. Cody, what do you have for us? So I'm, I'm taking uh, my, my cue from the bridge and I'm going to go full nerd here. Do it. And recommend The Potter's Freedom by one James R. White, <laughs> where uh, it's a. Uh, it's essentially a response to Norman Geisler's Chosen but Free, uh, where you know, White's overarching point is, you know, the potter is free to do with his creation as he pleases, including within salvation, uh, obviously to tip more of the hat to uh, Reformed theology. Uh, but, I mean, kind of my angle here is God's desire was to redeem unto himself a particular people for his own glory and their joy. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't mean to mic drop or anything, but I mean that's kind of what God's all about. Sorry, which I, for sure. I, I think that I think that line and the, the controversial line in in what a beautiful name. I think the the bridge to right thinking is much shorter than the reckless love yeah. issue. I, yeah, I, you know what I'm saying. I think, and, and I think that's a good good thing for worship leaders to think about. I think we ended the reckless love episode by talking about that is that how big a leap are we asking our people to make when we sing uh, songs that poetically uh, require a pretty big leap into into right thinking I think we have to weigh that and and I think what a beautiful name I I get why that could that line could be sung wrongly but the 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 bridge to right thinking is much shorter and even even can be teed up with a very quick before the song begins, mm-hmm. a quick little exhortation, uh, 10 seconds, that would, ins- you know, do everything we could to ensure that people sing that song, that, that line the right way. Yeah, yeah. So, For sure. uh, a brief little announcement before we get going here. Uh, we now have a Facebook group that John started for us. I don't oh, think we've added me. you to it yet, Bradley. Have I not since, been invited? Since you, since you use Facebook <laughs> oh, so much. Uh, so just look up the Westminster Effects Doxology Lounge. Is that right, John? Yes, the Westminster Effects can, Doxology can, Podcast Lounge. Yeah, and we can banter and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so our outro song, we're just going to throw this under the fair use category and just play the song that we were talking about so you can work. Make, a, make a judgment for yourself. Uh in other episodes, if you're actively writing and performing music and would like to be an official Westminster artist and get your songs or song singular or what have you played at the end of one of these podcasts. Oh, hey, Bradley, thanks for uh, yeah, yeah, joining just, uh, the uh, podcast lounge. Are we going to approve um, them? <laughs> uh, fill out our application at <laughs> WestminsterEffects.com. Follow us and comment on Facebook and, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and Overcast and Google Podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Leave us a five-star review. As always, we don't care if it's an honest five-star review as long as it's five stars. Thanks for listening. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the 
Thank you. 